Let me get into this message this morning. I uh, uh, just really studying and meditating and say, God, give me, give me guidance and direction. The thing that I had to labor with more than anything else in getting it together is trying not to go too deep. That is to say, to spend so much time on any one issue. I, over a period of time, we can do that together. And, uh, but I had to say, God, I just, I got, I got a few minutes and I want to, I want, I want to say what you want me to say. And, uh, and then we can, we can go deeper maybe with some other messages in the future. There are 11 prophecies about Jesus uh, and the, being the Messiah. 11 prophecies that came out of the Old Testament, 11 of them that were fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus. Let me hit them quickly. Micah said he'd be born in Bethlehem. Check. Proceeded by a messenger, Isaiah 40, check. Entered on a cult, a cult in Zechariah 9. Betrayed by a friend, Psalms 41. Hands and feet pierced, Psalm 22. Wounded and whipped by enemies, Isaiah 53. Sold for 30 pieces of silver, the exact amount, Zechariah 11. Spit upon and beaten, Isaiah 50. Had his betrayal money thrown in the temple and given for a potter's field, Zechariah 11. Be silent before his accusers, Isaiah 53. Be crucified with thieves, Isaiah 53. Those 11 prophecies, so that you understand the magnitude, hundreds of years before those prophecies actually came to pass in most every case, in order for all 11 of them to be fulfilled was one chance in 10 billion times a billion. All right? One chance in 10 billion times a billion. In other words, that means it was impossible, except for the fact that the Word of God prophesied and said that it would come to pass. Now, when you pick this up, my friend, you are picking up a truth teller that every word, every jot, and every tittle came from the heart of a living God, inspired and anointed by the Holy Spirit, and everything in here is true. Somebody say amen. It's right here in this book, right there. We understand the Scripture talks a lot about the rapture. It talks a lot about the end time events. We call it the last days, and we've heard a lot about that. And we know that the rapture will take place. The Scripture states that it will take place, and we can believe that it will happen. Why? Because of 10 billion times a billion on one event, I'm saying I'm, I'm putting over here and riding that way. A major theologian in the Byzantine early church wrote these words in his manuscript in AD 373. This is what he said, and it was found... And they now have that, of course, cherished writing. For all the saints and elect of God are gathered prior to the tribulation that is to come and are taken to the Lord, lest they see the confusion 
that is to overwhelm the world because of our sins. The Apostle Paul, at the church there, a Greek Orthodox church in Ephraim, Paul received a visitation of the living God about the rapture of the church, and he describes it in our text of 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, verse 16. So I'm going to take the time to read it. Here it is. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet, God, or trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17, chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so will we be with the Lord forever. Do this, therefore encourage each other with these words. Make it so, Lord Jesus. I've been asked numerous questions lately by individuals because there's a lot of rhetoric out there about Pastor, uh, do you believe that the COVID, what is a sign of the last days? Do you, do you believe that it's a sign? Listen, friend, I have a lot that I read about here, and I can tell you that almost everything that upsets my apple cart and interrupts my life I, is a sign of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? is a sign. He's coming, and He's coming soon. I want to live that way. Amen? Hallelujah. But I don't live for God because I see a sign that pushes me forward. I live for God because my heart beats after Him, and He's the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And if you let your spirit dwell on that, you won't get caught away in the peripheral stuff. Come on, y'all. We have many catastrophic events that have hit the United States of America and the world over in the years. We've had massive hurricanes, typhoons. 1779, just to mention one, smallpox reached the America West, first breaking out in Mexico City. The death tolls for that were staggering. The challenge with that, as opposed to COVID-19, is we didn't have the kind of media coverage then that we have now. Anything that happens today, it'll be on your media, social media, et cetera, in a matter of hours. That was, that was back a number of years ago, 1779. It took a while to make the connection. An article in Time Magazine, July 6th, 2020. It stated that there is a worldwide crisis. Hello, time. Y'all are just finding that out. A worldwide crisis. According to the UN, the refugee agency's latest report, nearly 80 million people have been forced from their homes by persecution and violence. But did you hear much about it? Unless you're tuned into that, unless you Google that, you would never hear much about it. Oh, but that's not worthy of coverage by the media because it's not spectacular. It's not something that really is going to create interest and sell television time or media time. But just the difference is this, 80 million people forced from their homes. What a tragedy. Peter Turchin, Turchin he is a Russian scientist now, Russian scientist that 
that lives here in the United States predicted a major civil unrest would sweep through the United States in 2020. He went on record with it. This was back about 9-11. He, through the process and his work, of course, his work of, of registering social unrest, human behavior, the events that are cyclical, and he just went ahead and put it out there, and he said, major civil unrest that cannot be contained for months will hit the United States of America. Well, okay, we know that we have unrest here, there, and everywhere, but we haven't had in the last many years the kind of civil unrest that our country is having today. Here's what he said. He said, I predicted it based on scientific fact. I gave the year, and I told you what it would be. He says, now that it is happening, he said, I feel vindicated because I was willing to put my name out there with this type of opinion. And this is what he said at the end of his article. Unfortunately, things are not as bad as they can be. Ooh, ooh, God, take me now, take me now. I don't want to go now. Hello? I want to live as long as I can live. Anybody want to join me? You want to live. But let me tell you something. I refuse to let the enemy and his bad news interrupt my happy life of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not as bad as it can be. Close the shelter down. Go buy a bunch of blocks of salt and close yourself in. Get oxygen masks. Get you some mortar. Get your guns and go for it. Get ready. It's coming. I'm here to tell you what. Under the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have been saved, you have nothing to fear but fear itself. Live your life for Jesus Christ and not worry about what they say might happen to you and me in this nation. What's the worst thing can happen to you? Die? The last time I checked, we don't fear death as those who have no hope. I know somebody, I'm just hit a nerve either here or out there online, friend. But all the time, what do you believe? What do you believe? Where do you go? Who's right? Who's wrong? I can tell you this. There are vast opinions out there in our culture, but there's only one truth that's found in this book. God gives us clear instruction and guidance in His Word. Also, He's made a promise that said, I will never leave you how many of you know how long never is? I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Now, I remember 9-11, September 11th, as if it were yesterday. And I know that, uh, that you do. I remember that as a nation, I believe the correct statement could be that that event brought America to its knees for a brief period of time. What say you? It caused us to check. Let me give you some scriptural insight that might apply to that. It's this, Isaiah 2, 12, and 17. The Lord Almighty has a day in store 
for all the proud and the lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. The arrogance of man will be brought low, and the pride of men humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted in that day. Now, let me tell you, in my studies and in my reading, something that I can say to you with confidence, and it is this. When I look back at the Old Testament, in Genesis, the 11th chapter, I see that they built a tower. It was the tower of what? The tower of Babel. It's when that, of course, the children of Israel had been blessed beyond their imagination. It's when they had, they had plenty of cash in the bank. They had their crops that were being fulfilled. The quotas there, and it was, it was good. And someone decided, well, we're really doing well. And they thought, you know, we need to edge out here and and we need to build kind of honor, kind of honor an enemy, the devil, as others were saying, you know. And so they built the Tower of Babel. The reason the Tower of Babel, when it was built, you know, God said, no, you're not going to do that. You're communicating well, but I'm about to mess y'all up. Because you're going to be able to sit down and talk with that person over breakfast. But by lunchtime, you're not going to know what each other's saying. And then I'm going to scatter you everywhere. But here's what happened. It stood strong as a tower for Satan. And in my studies, it said it reached the heavens. I checked as best I could just how tall that might have been. Reached the heavens. Okay. Then if it's tall enough to reach the heavens, I'll just say it's a pretty tall tower. Y'all with me? But here's something. America had its heyday. And some of those who study said we had twin towers that the world envied that represented the prowess, the economic prowess, the prestige, the architectural genius, and pride were represented in two towers in the world's number one city of economy, economics, the Twin Towers. It took months and months and months for 19 people to take airplanes and hit those two towers, endeavoring to create havoc. But they got more than what they bargained for. Not only did they interrupt the tower and interrupt business, but both towers burned and caved in. One of the major individuals who studied the Scripture had this question. I wonder what God is trying to tell us. I wonder what this event that he allowed to happen what God's trying to tell us. I think I can safely say to you that any event that happens in your life, God is able to tell you something. He's able to teach you something. 
He's able to get your attention. And as a result of that, the terrorists and those airplanes, it, it created the collapse of those towers. And when they collapsed, here's what Isaiah said, and the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Here's what it is. The scholars that I studied said, here's what we believe that God is saying to America. This is your first shaking. Well, I'm telling you what, it shook America. It shook our economy. It shook us by storm. It shook the heart. People literally ran back to churches. And I mean, hit altars and began to do prayer and counting their prayer beads. And Luke 21 talks about that there will be a day that that which can be shaken will be shaken. And if it can't stand, it'll be destroyed. But that which can be shaken, if it's shaken and it stands, that is absolutely of God. So here's what they believe. It's the first contemporary shaking saying, America, I, I need your attention. I need you to pay attention. And I think that's a pretty good idea. I think we did. I preached about that. Before that, it was the year 2000. You remember year 2000? It was Y2K. Any of you old enough to remember Y2K? It was Y2K. Your computer is going to blow up on your desk. Sit down, take the day off, and watch your computer crash on Y2K. It's just going to sit there and burn. And everybody was wired to that, my friend. I didn't sit there and watch the computer. I turned it off and then cranked it back up the next morning and it worked beautifully. But the media spun, this is what's going to happen. Y2K. Here's what I do know. The book. So God, you created the genius of the computer. If you created it once, you can create it again. Amen. Amen? Amen. So, we know that America was shaken during that particular event. As I said, people ran to church, came back, but then a period of a few weeks, a period of few weeks, here's what happened. People started not coming to church anymore. Stopped praying, stopped the devotion, stopped the prayer meeting. And before you know it, church attendance before 9-11 was strong. And then after 9-11, it beefed up. But over a period of several weeks, it went lower than it was before 9-11. Amazing. Now, listen carefully. This is what I believe, and God gave this to me to say to you. Change your ways Press in closer to the presence of God. Allow this catastrophic event to cause you to reset your priorities. Determine who is on the throne of your life and in your behavior. Exalt the Lord, for as he is exalted, he will draw men and women unto himself. Can you receive that? That, I believe, is a word that says to Victory Church, Hey, we were shaken with the towers, but here's what else I believe. I believe we're being shaken again by the COVID. Now, listen, 
In the Gallup poll, 49% of Americans say the state of moral values in the U.S. is very poor. And that's a sad commentary. The book entitled, The History of the Decline and the Fall of the Roman Empire. There were three of the five major issues that were listed, and here they are. What caused major causes to the fall of the Roman Empire? Number one, the breakdown of the family. Say that with me, the breakdown of the family. Number two, an insatiable craving for pleasure. Say that, an insatiable craving for pleasure. And number three, the decay of religion. Here we go, the decay of religion. Now, three of those five, they tell us, are the reasons the Roman Empire declined. There is an increased acceptance of sexual immorality led by the aggression of abortion where worldwide today more than worldwide today this is an estimate but based on true numbers and then not all counted of one billion babies aborted 3,000 per day in the United States of America and let me say this as I'm writing out this message the blood of those babies will not go unnoticed on the day of judgment. They will not go unnoticed on the day of judgment. It will not happen. So we need a shaking. We need something to get our attention because the routine doesn't get it. So I went back. What did old George say? Washington. He said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. Ronald Reagan, without God, there is no virtue because there is no prompting of the conscience. And without God, democracy will not and cannot endure. And if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. And Jesus said in Luke 21, be careful or your hearts will be weighted down with dissipation. Drunkenness and the anxieties of life, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So we know that now is the time for us to be looking around and checking out, well, what is going to happen? You know, I'm not, I don't want to be ignorant. I want to be aware of what's happening around me. So now I'm going to give you just a quick rundown of what's happening next. And I, I have these, this note at the lobby. So if you'd like to get it and say, you know, I've got friends, I'd like to take a look. This is in 
order, chronological order here, to say, hey, let's don't let this take us by surprise. Here's the next big thing <laughs> that nothing else needs to happen to take place. Number one, it is the rapture of the church. Say that with me, the rapture of the church. Now, the rapture is different from the second coming, and I know you know. The rapture is when the trumpet sounds and it says the dead in Christ will rise and those of us who are alive will rise up to meet the Lord in the air forever shall we be with the Lord. But Jesus' feet never touch down. It's the rapture. The saints come up. But there is the second coming that takes place that we know, of course, that second coming is when Jesus' feet does land on the Mount of Olives and it splits wide open. And there's some things that transpire. That's for another message. Number two, the revival of the Roman Empire. Germany, France, of course, will be a part of that revival of the Roman Empire. The rise of the Antichrist in the Middle East dictator. Not only that, establishment of a world church. Russia attacks Israel four years before the second coming. That would have to be in, the, in about the third year of the Great Tribulation. Peace treaty with Israel broken after three or four years. The beginning of the world government in the final three and one half years. Next, many Christians and Jews martyred. They refused to bow. Divine judgment, the seals, the trumpets, the bowls take place. World war breaks out and the focus is on the Middle East, the battle of Armageddon. Wish we had time to drill on that. Babylon destroyed, Revelation 18, second coming of Christ. Judgment of the wicked, the Jews and the Gentiles. Satan bound for a thousand years. Resurrection of tribulation saints and the Old Testament saints. The millennial kingdom begins the final rebellion at the end of the millennium. The resurrection of the final judgment of the wicked. The great throne judgment judging those that are sinners. And eternity begins, new heaven and new earth, new Jerusalem, Revelation 21. I can develop a message on every single one of these points and spend literally hours on it. But I'm giving you this list to look at and say, what, what's in store for my future? It is a conversation piece that you can share. Not in meet the elaborate challenge that relates to our country today. But crime and every immoral act seen seems to be taking place without any guidelines, without any conscience, without any discipline that should cause people to obey the Word of God. So we know that Satan right now in our world seems to be having his way. Television. Every time you look, family is breaking down. Different sin acts are revealed. There's a hope that's in Christ, and it's in the church, and the church's responsibility is to hear message of this nature that may awaken us a little bit. Now, COVID-19. Some said, would you mention COVID-19? And I promised you that I would. So I just mentioned COVID-19. Can you imagine how easy it is for the seals and the trumpets to take place as recorded in Revelation based on what we've experienced right here? 
in COVID-19. Do you know how long it will take America and the rest of the world to be humbled and to bow down? Unbelievable. I could scare some of you to death. You already have scared. I could push you on over the edge. If you just knew what reality is and that little credit card that you're carrying. If you understand that or that phone that you have, it opens up almost everything that you can imagine about you. Uncle Sam knows more about you than most of your relatives do. Leaving that aside, I'm glad that my big brother is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So here it is. COVID-19 humbled us. It took our economy and the labor force and phew, spun it out of control. And we know that the world sat and conscientious entrepreneurialism froze. And Revelation 18.8 says, Therefore, in one day her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. So we know that plagues are there. We know it's very, very real. So if God is saying, and I permit that, then what's God saying? Here's another shaking, I believe. So let me go. Plagues are mentioned a hundred times in the scripture. A hundred times. In 1918 to 1920, the Spanish flu, the Spanish flu manifested itself to a hundred million cases. The CDC says that there are 32 to 49. I thought that's the weirdest number. 32 to 49 million influenza cases just last year. I'm thinking, can't they get the number? Bring it in closer than that. But hey, they say 20 to 50,000 people because of influenza died as a result of it. As I mentioned, 19 years ago, 19 years ago, in just a few days, September 11th, will be remembered. It's amazing to me that one writer noted, have you ever taken a thought why COVID-19 is named? I says, well, I'm not chasing after stuff that makes sense, but it does cause you to want to draw your own conclusion. Let me say this, don't go to sleep. God's up to something. Amen. He is up. Come on, church. He is up to something. The God we serve is not idle. You know where he's taking us? Right on to the place that that trumpet is going to sound. And you know what he says? That most people would be caught by surprise. But not us. The World Health Organization reported that in the last 20 years, 30 new infectious diseases exist with no cure. Here's something else. 53 sexually transmitted diseases now exist. AIDS will destroy 75% of the population of Africa, pinpointing it now, south of the Sahara Desert. AIDS, 50% of the population of Uganda may be infected by the virus. 
Now over 11 million people die from tuberculosis because of the new drugs resistant strain. And now superbugs have developed a resistance to pesticides. And you can see that all around us are challenges beyond our control. So we know that COVID-19 caught our planet by surprise. Okay, we could sit and talk all day long about, well, it originated in China. Let's go after China. That's what we believe. But for me, I'd rather be talking about how the church can take advantage and use COVID-19 as an opportunity to win more people to Jesus Christ than we've ever won before. And take that which the enemy may admit for harm, use it for good. Will there be more plagues in the future? According to the Bible, you can count on it. It's there. Now listen carefully, the recent historic peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. That's extremely significant. And here's why. Washington Post reported for the UAE, the agreement helps promote its reputation as a tolerant country despite being ruled by autocrats and gives it more recognition among the Gulf Arab states. And they have joined ranks with Egypt and Jordan. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible prophesies that one day soon, Israel will have peace agreements with many other of its former enemies. And the Bible states that when they declare peace, we're on the verge of the seven-year tribulation, which takes place right after the rapture of the church. COVID-19 will be dealt with. And as I mentioned earlier, something else will come on the horizon that we'll need to deal with then. Pastor, you just, won't you just cut us a break? I want to be real. Here's what I know. It'll always be. Have you, how many of you have lived long enough already that you think you have lived long enough? Y'all catch on to that one in a minute. What I'm trying to tell you is you ain't never, that's yard talk, you ain't never going to get too comfortable for what something else is going to come along and stir you up. Everybody with me? So, God, I don't want anything else to happen. Here's how I live. I know something's going to happen. I just want to be ready for it in Jesus' name when it does. Amen. God, give me the grace and give me the mercy to pick up and move on no matter what. Y'all better talk to me this morning. Matthew 24, 14. I'm wrapping up. Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Here's what else. 45% of Africans are born again. Somebody say amen. Over 100 million Russians have found Jesus. 40% of the Korean population has committed to Christ. More than 100,000 people per day accept Jesus as their Savior. Over 1,000 new churches 
churches are formed each week in Asia and in Africa. And then absolutely nothing stands between now and the rapture of the church except God's long-suffering reach to reach one more soul for the eternal church of Almighty God. That's why has it come. He wants your aunt, your uncle, your son, your daughter, your cousin. He wants them saved, and he's given us a little bit more time to get the job done. A little bit more time. Finally, finally, stand to your feet. That'll help me out. I'm going to land it right here. 1 Thessalonians 5. And now, friends, we ask you to honor those leaders who work so hard for you, who have been given the responsibility of urging and guiding you along in your obedience. Now, here's the part I want you to really pay attention to. Overwhelm them with appreciation and love. Get along among, get along among yourselves. Each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Gently encourage the stragglers. Reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each, each person, attentive to individual needs. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, let me read it again, and be careful when you get on each other's nerves, you don't snap at each other. Married folk, look for the best in each other and always do your best to bring it out. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. You receive it? I know that you do. Father, in your name, in your name, in this first service I delivered my heart of what you gave me. God, here's what I know. If I get one point and one encouraging moment, it'll be worth it. I pray that you would minister to our congregation. I, I pray for those who might be listening out there online. God, we know we have them scattered all over the world. And we know that in this room, here's what we believe. We're not afraid of COVID-19. We're going to do our best to push past until the day of deliverance, and that day will come. We've got our ear attuned to the sound of the trumpet. Our eye is on the eastern skies. We're believing soon and very soon you're coming to get us. But until then, you've given us time. Time to pay attention, to be certain that we touch as many people as we can with the love of Christ. Now minister and meet every need. And I'm going to ask all of you and those of you online to repeat this prayer. Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, 
I have made mistakes. I have missed the mark. And I haven't paid attention. But today, I'm seeking your forgiveness. I believe by faith. I am forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for redeeming me, for coming into my life and creating a new heart, a new determination, and a new belief that you are coming soon. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. I pray that we'll stay stand with one more little song. We'll give time to take care of our online audience. Let me see again that list that I gave you. You can get out there in the lobby. There's, there's enough for any one of you if you want to take it. If not, on September 27th, I think it's the day we're going to talk about prayer, 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 and do the return. And so you'll hear more about it. It will give us an opportunity to really bear down and pray nationwide. Amen. I love you, everybody. They'll dismiss us in a moment. Can we raise this praise together one more time? Listen here. Say all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. We declare all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. Let's declare it. All the earth will shout its praise. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Say it's your bread in our arms. So we pour out. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you on Wednesday at our next experience. Go in peace.